This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay, James, James chapter one, verse number two. Um, we're gonna study the book of James together. Now, we don't know exactly who wrote the book of James. We're pretty sure it was Jesus' brother. And what I love about James is it's kind of like one of the only books of the Bible that's controversial. And it's controversial because some feel that it contradicts Paul's writing. If you don't know nothing about church and nothing about God, in the New Testament, there's an author named Paul that gives us most of our theology, what is our belief about God. And Paul writes about grace and salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ himself. Now, Paul writes this, and the audience that he was writing to, he was very fixated on convincing a crowd that was steeped in legalism, that had lived their whole life trying to earn their way in good with God, lived their whole life trying to, by works, to save themselves. Paul wrote to them, was like, no, guys, let me convince you, your good works will not save you. Only faith in Jesus will save you. So his audience had to be, they had to unlearn some, some bad theology. So he's always trying to convince them it's about Jesus, it's grace, it's salvation through him alone. And that was his audience. James comes in and he writes to a whole different audience. James's audience had to be convinced that God actually cares about our, our conduct. He is concerned about our behavior. His audience was one that says, we are saved by grace, so we can just live however we want. We're good. Jesus loves us, so God doesn't really care about how we live because it's all grace. So James is trying to write and say, nah, fam, it's not like that. God does not just care about your Sunday. He's concerned about your Monday. So God's not a God of fire insurance. You get your salvation, you're not going to hell, do whatever you want. God actually wants all of us to become mature followers of Jesus. We are not, we are not those that just receive grace as a license to, to do whatever we want. So James talks about practical ways to walk out our faith, practical ways to live for Jesus. What does this look like on Monday? God is concerned about my Tuesday and my Wednesday, so how do I apply what I believe about God? I love this, and I don't think James contradicts Paul. I think he harmonizes with Paul. I think he's a complement to what Paul the Apostle was writing. He, listen to these words here in James. And let's go to the first chapter and see what he starts to emphasize in God wanting to mature us in our faith. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, like LeBron getting hurt, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. 
that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So now James was talking about tests. Now he's going to talk about temptations. He says, and when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and entice. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. I want to preach a message tonight on the first installment of the book of James. Right down the title, it's called Tested, Tempted, and Turned Around. Tested, Tempted, and Turned Around. And I want to pray and believe that as we jump into God's Word, God will speak to us, He will encourage us, and He will show us who He really is. Amen to that? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank You that You are wonderful, You are good, You are loving, and You are kind. We remind our soul and our situation that You are in control. You can do what You said You would do, and You are who you say you are. We love you. Show us how to walk this out and live for you. And Lord, we thank you in advance that you have already decided that this is the year the Lakers will win the NBA championship. We receive the blessing right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Come on, let's clap and thank the Lord together. I said let's clap and thank the Lord together. Stop clapping like you from San Antonio. What? Like San Antonio? <laughs> Write down number one. I want to jump right in. Don't return the gift you've been given. Do not return the gift that you have been given. I don't know what it was, but I kept thinking on Christmas. Could you imagine working at Zara the day after Christmas? Like what? Someone was like, oh... Like, bro, do you work there? <laughs> like, I just, like, what does Zara look like the day after Christmas? Julia, with all of our Zara gifts, she was like, day after, can we go to Zara? I want to do my returns. I was like, woman, we ain't going for a week or two, okay? Because that thing has got to be a mat. Everyone is returning the socks that grandmama got you and the hoodie that your boyfriend got that's too small. Everybody's returning stuff. Everybody is in the return line. I want to tell you, do not return the gift that God has given you. God is going to give you a gift this year, and it's the gift of suffering. So fun. It's the gift of pain and struggle and fire and storm and tribulation. God gives us this gift, not because he wants to hurt us or he's mad at us, he doesn't give us this gift because of disappointment. He gives us this gift because he has a future in store. Watch how the message translation writes it, Eugene Peterson's translation. He says, consider it a sheer gift. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, 
your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So you don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work and so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. We live in a culture of deficiencies. We have people that have deficiencies like sleep deprivation. We have people that struggle, that, that are dehydrated. You have people, I'll never forget one time my sister went to the doctor and she showed me, she, she says, I have, the doctor told me I'm iron deficient. I was like, dang, what is that? She took out a wrist and she took her finger and went through her wrist and when she did that, it looked like someone was, a pencil was being written on her. She said, that's there because I'm iron deficient. God knows the deficiencies in your character. God knows where you're deficient in your system, in your soul, in the structure of who you are. So God says, I cannot develop and mature and grow you into the person I want you to become when you are on the mountaintop of success. I've got to get you into the valley of despair. It will be through challenge. It will be through trial. It will be through tribulation that I produce things in you, that I mature things in you, that I get the deficiencies to efficiencies, and I allow my work to be completed in your life. Anybody thankful tonight that God loves you enough to put you in some situations to develop you. God's not mad at you. He's developing you. God's not upset with you. He's raising you. He's doing something in you. He says, don't you return. Don't return the gift. This is a gift from God. And someone's like, can I return this gift? This is a curse. This is not a gift. God's like, no, I love you so much. Here's tears. And no sleep, and dysfunction, and drama. Because this is how I raise you, and this is how I build you, and this is how I love you, and I'm so committed to you. The deficiency for where I'm taking you and what I have planned, you have to understand. I know where I'm taking you, and I don't want you to get there with deficiency. So I'm going to get you through some tribulations and some testing of your faith to not just show you the true colors, but to develop you and mature you. Somebody thank God he's committed to your future. It's almost like a parent that says, I'm not going to raise kids that... that that act that way. I'm not going to raise children that behave that way. I will be a good father. What is a good father? A father that implements values and character and perseverance and endurance. God says, I love you enough. I'm going to develop the weaknesses and the immaturities and the deficiencies. It's not because I'm upset. It's because I love you. And so I, I do this. I, it's interesting. I can't do this when you are on the mountaintop of success and you are just flowing and glowing and everything is great and you're like, life is awesome. Hashtag living my best life ever. And, 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 and just, no. But when you, when you go through tests, he says, and I love this about God, he says a couple things. Number one, your true colors, it's amazing to me. You put someone on the mountaintop, and you don't really get to see who they are. Maybe some pride, some arrogance. But you put someone through a storm and a test into their faith, and who they really are gets exposed. Yeah, I, I, 
when when our daughter was diagnosed it my, my true colors were put out into the into the light who i really am is exposed and i'm thankful that in the day of ad, adversity in the day of testing i didn't i i remember being with my wife and being like this is this is real and this is big and i know i can't get around this i can't go under this i can't go i got to go through this and he says don't bail out of this prematurely i wonder if you keep facing the same test cuz you keep running away from that test and God keeps showing up in the same way, in the same form, with that same relationship drama, the same issue that's been haunting you and following you. Because until you pass that test, you can't get a new one. So he said, don't bail out of it early. Don't try and get out of stuff. Go through this thing because it's going to produce something in you. And what is it producing? It's producing what's lacking. It's producing. And, and, and did you notice what he said? He said, and this is how it works. It will come at you in all kinds of ways. I wish it wasn't this way because I wish I could be like, God, this year, 2019, let's work on patience. And God's like, no. We're going to work on patience, kindness, generosity, compassion, character, integrity, health. And I'm like, oh. And God's like, where is the return line? God's like, it's a gift going to do more in you than you can realize. It's going to do more in you than you can imagine. It's where I do, I, I consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials and tribulations of many kinds. Pure joy? Nah, fam. This is not fun. This is not easy. No, no, no. But knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and when you, when, it allow, when you allow it to do its final work, it will do more in you. You will come out mature. You will come out stronger, and you will come out better. So he said, let it do its final work. And, and then he goes down, and he says, oh, and by the way, if any of you lacks wisdom, just go ahead and ask God who gives wisdom freely he loves to give you wisdom God now I love wisdom because wisdom by definition is the ability to live skillfully so it's skillful living it has the ability you're good with words you're good with money you're good with character you're good with your attitude you have the ability to walk as a wise person God wants to give you wisdom for your life. What you need in 2019, you don't need more favor. You need more wisdom. If you want more wisdom, just lift your hand. Because when you lift your hand, you say, God, I'm going to you as the source for my wisdom. Write down number two. I love this. All you had to do was ask. Well, if that's what you wanted, all you had to do was ask. Watch here. I love this, James. Look at chapter 1, verse 5. If you don't know what you're doing... All of us, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get His help, and He won't be condescended to, to you when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the Master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. You say, no, 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 no. Ask God, and when you ask, 
when you ask God for wisdom, believe that God is going to give you wisdom because God loves to help you. I don't know if you know this about God, but God loves to show up for you. God loves to help you out. God wants to show up in a major way and give your life a spirit of wisdom. He wants to help you in wisdom of finances, wisdom of relationships, wisdom of health, wisdom on how to handle conflict, wisdom on making decisions. If you need wisdom, go to God. We don't need to go to culture. We need to go to God. We don't need to go to so-and-so, we need to go to God. And God himself, you ever ask somebody a question and they look at you stupid? And you're like, oh, God, sorry I asked. Wow. Ew. You'll never go to God and be like, God, I, oh, single again, um, I need wisdom. And God's like. <sighs> We've went through this. What a weird image of God. He says, if you need wisdom, because you're going to face tests, and you're going to be like, ah, oh, hate it, hard, oh, here I am, ah, okay, God, can you give me wisdom? Because I'm in a storm. I'm in a fire. I'm in a tribulation. I'm going through hell. I'm crying myself to sleep. Can you help me figure this out? And, and, and James is like, God, oh, when you do this, God is ready to help. Get an image of 2019. Your God is readily available. He is on call. He is ready to come and rescue you and heal you and help you. He is not a God of condemn condemnation. He is not a God that looks at you like you're an idiot. He comes to help and rescue. Oh, I just love this over the break. We got to move into our new house. I was so excited, and we moved in. And, and so, you know, we got to put all the beds together and the tables together. So I called all the big guys in our church, the security team. I ain't calling the coffee team. You know what I'm saying? I don't need nobody from guest relations up in that mug. I need a security team. I need the dudes, dudes that know how to eat burritos, all right? So I got all them big boys over at the house. I'll never forget one of the guys that came in, Heath Evans, that, that's in our church, serves in the morning on security. And Heath, the big Heath Evans, played in the NFL for I don't know how many years and won a Super Bowl championship for the, for the Patriots. We hate the Patriots, but we love Heath, you know. And, um, and, and so Heath comes in. When Heath walked in, I got scared. Like, he looked straight out of Equinox. He walked in, he's like, ooh, ooh. You know, he's just like, he's like, he's like, put me to work. And I'm like. I don't even know what I was doing. I was like, bedroom. He's like, okay. And he like, he runs in the back, puts a bed together, comes back out. He's like, all right, what's next, coach? I'm like, I'm not a coach. Like, these aren't drills. Like, I'm, we're not doing drills. And he's like sweating and stuff. And I'm just like, you're a real man. Like, I'm just like, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's, you're a man. You're a, you're, you're large. Wow, this is happening in real time. 
He's just like, he's just like, what are you like? <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. I don't, I like, I'm just pointing at stuff. And then Julia, like, just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I just, I wonder if you are preventing God from helping you. I wonder if God's just begging to come and give you wisdom and counsel and show up and to tell you, I know you're in a test. I know you're in a tough one. It's my gift to you. Merry Christmas, but I will help you and I will lead you and I will show up and I'll develop the deficiencies and I'll mature you and I'll graduate you and I'll show up and I'll give you wisdom on how to make decisions. I'll show you what to say and what not to say. Let me give you, and you got to understand when it comes to our God and wisdom, we cannot give ear, we cannot capitulate to the wisdom of culture. Because just because it's a quote on Instagram does not mean it's God. So there is a difference between wisdom that comes from God and wisdom that comes from this earth. And I have to learn what is earth, what is culture, and what is God. So James the one that's passionate about this stuff that teaches me the difference between wisdom that's from God and wisdom that's from below. James 3, put it up. I love how he says this. James 3, it says in uh, verse 15, this wisdom from culture, from earth, is not that which comes down from above, but it is earthly, natural, demonic. Don't give ear in 2019 to sensual, earthly, demonic wisdom. It is decorated in wisdom. It is laced with evil. Where does, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But, 17, but the wisdom from above, godly wisdom, the wisdom we are asking for, it is, oh, I love it, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Did you ever get advice from somebody and they give you advice and you're like, I don't know. I don't, that does not sound like Jesus. You gonna get me in trouble. Thank you for the wise words, but I will destroy my life listening to you. When I listen to God, I say, God, can I, can you, can you give me wisdom on this? I always know it's God because it's pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, unwavering, without hypocrisy, and full of mercy. Like God's wisdom has peace attached to your decision. There's, there's, it's pure. It's gentle. God's wisdom is gentle. It's, it's very reasonable. Like, oh, translation, that makes sense. You ever talk to somebody and they're like, this is what God's telling me to do, and you're like, 
Doesn't make sense. I don't think so. Because God's wisdom is pure and peaceable and gentle and reasonable and unwavering. Doesn't so how do I know wisdom from below? It's wishy-washy. His feelings, like what is this, right? I'm fine. So he says, you're going to face, consider it a gift, friends, when you face this trial. It's the gift of God. Don't bail prematurely. Go through it. And if you're in the midst, ask God for wisdom. And he continues on, and he's still transitioning from wisdom to temptation. Because you actually need wisdom whether you're in a test or whether you're in temptation. You need the wisdom of God. So he goes, when, oh, so just so we know, God is the author of tests. He will send tests because of deficiencies, because of, of, of your immaturity. He wants to grow you and develop you. But temptation is not from God. So you can never be in a temptation and be like, hey, guys, God's really tempting me, and he's tempting me to do bad things, and he's seeing if I'm good enough or Christian enough to stand up under the temptation. No, no, no. God has no evil in him, so he can't lure you into an evil activity. God would never lure you and ask you to participate in something that is contrary to holiness. That's not who God is. So he goes, let's get one thing straight. God gives wisdom. God gives tests. But the temptations in your life, they are not from God. They're from you. And everybody's like, me? No way. I listen to Hillsong. I go to Zoe once a month. I have the Push Bay app on my phone. No way. Jane's like, yeah, for sure. It's you. You're the one. Put up on the screen. James chapter 1, verse 13. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own evil desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. He says, let's get one thing very clear. God tests, but temptations from you. And evil desires give birth to evil actions, and evil actions give birth to sin. And when sin starts to grow in your life, sin develops into a murderer and murders your future, murders your soul, murders your conscience, murders your destiny, murders the call of God in your life, murders the plans and the purposes that Jesus has. So listen, he says it all goes back to that desire that became an action, that action became a sin, and that sin developed into a killer. I don't know about you, but in 2019, I am not going to give in to my desires. I'm not going to make them actions, and I will not allow sin 
Who am I preaching to right now that has drawn a line in the sand that says, I'm not going to be that person that keeps on giving in? Are you shocked sometimes by the desires that are still lurking in your life? Like, hold on, why do I have desires to do bad things, participate, say those things, do those things? Why is that, God, I, I go to church, I love you, I, I'm good with tests, why do I? Listen, the reality is all of us are going to face those desires until we graduate to heaven, until we become perfect, until we get transformed, until we go up there. We will always face, we were born into sin. Sin is what we were born into. So we're always going to have, nobody can be here tonight and be like, I don't really struggle with that. You a liar. You a liar or a robot. Because we all have evil desires. There's not a quota like once you hit the 100 service mark and you go to church 100 times, you, it's crazy. You stop having desires. No. Evil desires are in us because we're sinners and we are tempted. Jesus was tempted. Just because you desire to do it doesn't mean you have to do it. Just because you have a craving doesn't mean you have to cave to your craving. You don't have to drive to Chick-fil-A at midnight to get the milkshake. Who am I preaching to right now? Only girls raise their hand. No guys, no dude was like. Girls slowly, shame. saying it's you comes from evil desires, but I like James. You know, he gets a bad rap, doesn't he? He's saying some pretty encouraging stuff. Because James is talking about temptation that comes from us, but he's aware that we serve the God that loves us enough to put us in a test, but to deliver us from temptation. So God will put you in this one and say, nah, you're not going anywhere. We're going to develop and mature you. But with temptation, God stands and goes, come on. No, 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 no. We're not letting no murder in this house. No, no, no. I got a call. No. I got a future. Get out of here. No, you don't have to give in to that desire. You don't have to give in to sin. You can overcome it. Come out of this I've got a plan for you. Oh, I love God. I love God and temptation. Watch what it says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Put it up on the screen. I love this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. Yes, he is. He will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation will always make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So in other words, God is standing here. He's got a door open. You're there at midnight. You're there at whatever substance, whatever pill, whatever relationship, whatever thing is your thing that you give into, and God is standing there next to you saying, I got a door open. Come on over here. I will provide for you. I'm a faithful God. I can deliver you. I can give you wisdom. Somebody thank God right now that God is so good. He is there with you in temptation. 
We don't serve the God that goes, oh, really, slugger? You got bad desires again? Good luck with that. No, he stands there and he has compassion and he provides a way of escape. I love this about God. I love this about God. Write down number three, put down the point. If you can write down that point, it starts with a desire, but it ends in death. So God knows that and he says, no, I don't want you to live a life where you are totally crippled and addicted to evil cravings and evil desires and temptation. I am bigger than your temptation. I can get you out of temptation. And be encouraged tonight. Did you see what the Bible said? It says all the temptations that you are facing, everybody here is facing the same temptation. We are all being tempted by the same stuff. Nobody can sit here tonight and be like, dang, you nasty. Don't let them go to girl track. They, they nasty for real. Shut up. You nasty too. As if your evil desires are less evil than somebody else's. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will never allow the temptation to become too, some of us get into temptation, we're like, oh, it's too much. I got to give in. God's like, no, I will never allow the temptation to be bigger than you because greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world, and God will provide Anybody encouraged tonight that we serve the God that is good in tests and we serve the God that can deliver us from temptation. That's why Jesus said when you pray, pray this every day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive others that sin against us and lead us not into temptation. Because we don't serve the God that's like, whoo, going to put you in a tough one. Let's see how you do now. That's not God. This one is God, and he says you can't get out of it. This one is not God, and he says let me show you a way out of it. Love that about God. I want to write down the fourth and the final thing tonight. Write it down. You, you turned around, which is God's word. And worship team, you can make your way up. I love this last thought, and this is how he ends the first chapter. I can't wait to study it together this week. I can't wait to jump in together because you're going to love James chapter 1 on your own. But this end part is so important. Test comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. Temptation comes from you. And then he starts to get into how we can be continually delivered in our tests and in our temptations. Because some of us tonight are like, wait a second. My temptation is not my test. I thought my sin that I'm struggling with is like the biggest test in my life. No, that's sin. That's not God. That's just sin. The test in your life is the testing of your faith. thing that's growing you and maturing you. Either one that you're facing, James writes about the authority and the power of God's word that can continually deliver us out of darkness and into light. And he likens the word of God to a mirror. In fact, let me just read this. I don't think I've gotten to read these verses all day, but I feel like reading them tonight. Verse 21. 
So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature, for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. If I can, just indulge me. Just Can I read three more verses? Is that all right? I just, I love this. If you listen to the word, And don't live out the message you hear. You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. And you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated and respond to the truth they hear strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. It's my favorite part. Because when we look in God's word, we're going to do it all week this week together. Tomorrow, we're going to fast. We're going to open up our James booklet. We're going to read James chapter 1. Tuesday, we're going to read it again. And we're going to continually look at the word of God. When you look at the word of, word of God, it is like looking into a mirror. When I look in the word of God, this mirror shows me who I really am. Called. Chosen. Anointed. Forgiven, whole, redeemed. He says, when you are not just hearers of the word, but you're doers of the word, you stop looking in the mirror and then forgetting what you look like. When we moved into our house last week for the first three or four days in any of our bathrooms, we didn't have any mirrors yet. So the first three or four days, you get ready in the morning and be like, hope we're doing good. Just leave the house. But then Julie went to Target. Thank God for Target. And she bought some mirrors and Simone Jesus put them up. Security team. And, and, and we were good. So now I can go to the mirror and look at the, you ever look in the mirror? You go to the mirror and you kind of check yourself out. You go away and you leave for a little bit. Then you're gone and be like, oh, I got to look in the mirror again. Like, am I good? That's not how you look in the mirror. said the one that doesn't practice what they hear on Sunday on Monday is like the person that looks in the mirror and they get into the test and they get in the temptation and they forget I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm anointed, I'm covered, I'm graced, I'm favored, I'm loved, I'm good, I'm healed, I'm free. That person that forgets every time when they turn around, they need a mirror all the time. But you and I, this year in 2019, we are looking continually in the mirror of God's Word, and we're getting our identity, and we're getting our strength, and we're getting our power, and we're getting our grace. And when we go out to our jobs, when we go out into our Monday, and when we go out into our Wednesday, we know who we are by the grace of Jesus Christ. We know what He's called us to be. We will not forget that God is for us so 